0: rcr with paul brennan reality check radio friday morning here at reality check radio is our political panel morning i want to welcome special guest sandra Gowdy to the panel sandra welcome to rcr's political panel you deserve to be here you've done your time
1: (laughs) thank you paul (laughs) it's good it's good to be here and share this with you so we'll see how we go
0: i gotta say personal message when you were standing up for yourself you know what i'm talking about you didn't know. Well, you probably know that there were people out there watching that, thinking, "Go, girl!" I was one of them.
1: Oh, well, it yeah. was really easy. It yeah. was easy.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it kind of felt like you're under a bit of pressure, but no, hey, you
1: know, um, no, because because I was making my own choice, and I was really happy with it. And, and they they tried to pile on the pressure. They did. And it just it's, it was hard for me to be able to get to the rest of the the new zealanders that were interested to tell them that i wasn't feeling under pressure and that um and i did have the opportunity to to talk to a lot of people and just give them a lot of support in the struggles that they were having because there are certainly a lot of them that's for sure
0: well good on you and thanks for being on uh, our panel and olivia good to see you you've um been having to deal with that debate yesterday
2: Oh, good morning, Paul. Yes, indeed, um, got me quite fired up. But um, I'm a bit susceptible to getting fired up. So,
0: <laughs> didn't you have to play the piano as a sort of like a therapy?
2: I kind had of thing to, afterwards? exactly afterwards to calm myself down. I just spent fifteen minutes quietly playing alone in the house just to lower my blood pressure. <laughs> I'm surprised
3: you didn't bang out some Wagner <laughs> I or hate Jerry Wagner. Lewis.
2: I don't do Wagner. I'm a this house is a Wagner free zone. All right, good to
0: have you. And Cam (laughs) Slater, as always, boy, you've got plenty to chew on in this program. Cam, this is one a lot of 101 stuff for you here.
3: Uh, I know there's a lot, there's a lot happening at the moment, and a lot of politicians that are making very basic mistakes. And I just, I just love the election campaign, I love what's going on at the moment. And there's a whole lot of other things that are really interesting at the moment. Like later on tonight, I'll be emceeing, uh the book launch of Avi Yemenis. Oh, um, way to go. And, and the the Rebel News guys have all got into the country, despite the you know, previous... Great it... shirt, by the way. Oh, it was awesome, wasn't it? Kiora, North Korea. He had on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you know the, the media who reported about um, Avi Yemeni being banned are completely silent about him arriving in the country. It's just ridiculous. Mm, mm.
0: Yeah, would they choose not to cover it or are they sort of kind of sheepish and embarrassed and that's holding them back? I mean, what would uh, it be?
3: Do I don't think they're sheepish. I think they're shameless, but um, it doesn't suit their narrative. It suited their narrative to have him banned, but now he's here or well, we'll just quietly try to ignore him. But, you know, I've got. Um, a thousand books stacked up in the corner of my of my apartment for the for the book launch. I've got all the stuff ready to go, and uh, so uh, it's it's been a real pleasure. Uh, yesterday, interviewing the three amigos from Rebel, and uh, everyone will be able to see get that on their uh, replays this morning as well if they missed it yesterday.
0: Brilliant. Okay. All right. So it it seems everything we suspected was kind of true. Thanks to, to- Thomas. Kremner has exposed the cash for content. What um, would well, we call this? It's basically it is a bit of a scandal. It is. it's, cash, it?
3: it's cash for content. It's a, is complete... it a scandal. It's cash for propaganda. Yeah, propaganda. I mean, I think it yeah, is a scandal. scandal. It is a
1: scandal. Yeah,
3: it's totally a, unacceptable. It, it's appalling. You know what we've got, you know, Thomas Kremner must be a a ninja with oias because he is just dropping these on x almost every day and you know he's been able to reveal that tv and Z and stuff so far uh there'll be more
0: right there's got to be more
3: you know there's more and you know there's more because not a single mainstream media outlet has published this they haven't picked it up they haven't discussed it It's only been discussed on on Reality Check Radio and another lesser station out there somewhere um, with few listeners. And um, it's appalling. You know, what he's found out is that TVNZ had a special partnership with the government. Uh, They were in negotiations for months uh, leading up to the COP27 conference on climate change. And uh, this is Megan Woods uh, is involved in this, was getting uh, written updates as negotiations progressed. And uh, and then they decided to enter this partnership and fund TVNZ uh, to the tune of $300,000. Uh, and what they got for that was five One News articles, five interviews on TVNZ's Breakfast, an interview on Seven Sharp, as well as a full-hour climate change special in primetime television. And it wasn't just TVNZ that they uh, did it with, they also did it with stuff. And so stuff has received, I think, around $200,000 or more. Uh, And uh, Cranmer also dropped yesterday another uh, uh, information about uh, stuff and the cozy relationship with the disinformation project. And he basically says that stuff and the disinformation project are two sides of the same coin, and Google and New Zealand on air, which means the government have funded to the tune of five hundred and ninety-one thousand dollars their whole truth uh, election fact checking project. Truth. Yeah. The whole think truth. About, think about that. <laughs> right, these are the guys that that have little um little you know internal advertising things on little banners on the bottom of their articles that say we we uh, you know fair and uh, free and we we don't take sides, but here they are. They're taking the thick end of what's well, more than than uh, half a million dollars to basically publish government propaganda.
0: Okay, so what do we say about that, um, Sandra That's... and Olivia? Who wants to go first? Should we let well, our guest go I first? Wouldn't, yet, I
1: wouldn't so. mind because um, I think it is incredibly serious. If this all we're getting is a one one point of view. And, and it's all controlled media where do we get the um healthy debate that we absolutely need i mean i'm i'm an ian plimer devotee and so um i i just think that we're not getting good empirical data around all of this and olivia you're gonna have to take it out because <laughs> i'm suddenly gone okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to go and get a drink of water. Go for <laughs> it. You're gonna have to do it.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll step in for Sandra here. I'm honoured. Um, I mean, look, this, this, when we, no one is surprised at the amount of corruption and sharing between government and media. And it goes back to what we've often bought our pay cam, and that's yeah. that media companies need to be private. Um, you know, if we had anything like laissez-faire capitalism in play, these media companies would just die a natural and very, very swift death. They're only kept alive through the government shenanigans um, which is, you know, in this case, paid propaganda. Although all of it's paid propaganda, most of it, anyway. Let's put it like that. So, you know, I I find it very difficult to look at the detail without, you know, having having to see past that massive principle that's just um, betrayed
3: all the time. Yeah.
0: Why, why would you have to pay some some an entity that you already own?
3: Well, I mean, that's the thing that that, that gets me, Paul, is that. You know, I'm loath to use the term corrupt. It's thrown around far too freely. It's bribery, but worst, isn't
1: it? The worst but this... of it is the impact of their propaganda is that if they can convince the people that what they're doing is correct, then that means whatever impositions they put upon the people of this country, um, they can get away with because there's no other side to the story to defend the farmers to defend um mums and dads who are going to have to fund all this like the in hot to black rock you watch i mean the, the current government uh, it all it's going to do is add costs in hot to blad rock black rock is all about addressing climate change needs through chain this magnificent energy plan right and all you're going to do is quadruple the cost of the electricity bill to the hardworking mums and dads this, this whole three waters debacle is another area of additional cost on your hardworking mums and dads. And all, everything that they do through the media, if they control the media and put out points of view that make you think that all of these things are fine, uh, then you're going to be suckered into
2: supporting it. Completely, that, completely suck it. Sucked. You mean sucked in, don't you?
3: Um,
1: well, suck it, actually. Yeah, suck it. It's, a it's
3: actually a, a sucker punch. We're
1: on with you, baby. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The,
3: the, these media organizations are telling us that they're fair and they're equal in the way they do things. But here's the thing stuff, right? The largest news website in New Zealand, hugely subsidized by the government, and in, in this case, another, you know, more than half a million dollars. Uh, and they're not uh, fair and balanced. And, and Stuff has actually got a policy of not having any dissenting views on climate change. It's yes, you're way. right. It's Absolutely. their way or the highway, and they just say, "Oh no, we're not having deniers on. We're not. We're just not going to do that." And so they are a propaganda outfit. They deserve to be choked and smothered to death. And uh, and and the sooner that happens, the better. And, and look, I'm hoping because I, I can't see Christopher Luxon doing anything about this. I can't see the ACT Party doing anything about this. This is going to be something that Winston's going to have to actually have a little bit of Utu on and have an Utu against the media policy and make these guys pay all this back. You know, all of the public interest journalism fund, all of those bribes that were done, that it needs to all Black be Rock reefed back. Scenario. Yeah, exactly. This, this suits the BlackRock
1: scenario. Yeah, totally. So that they can they can put us into hock to black rock that's the the whole deal they have to sell us on this climate change stuff so that we will agree to oh isn't this wonderful these are the very people that are pushing ev vehicles and on the one hand they're saying oh we can't support child slavery for the production of makeup but hang on child slavery is okay for the production of the um ev batteries
2: that's all right yeah little kids in the congo Right. It sounds it's like a song. It sounds
3: like it's a good right? song title. Little just kids going back, kids in the Congo. just going
0: back to this this unholy relationship that where the government's bought time on its own company and also stuff uh, another so so-called independent uh, operator. So You're all in on it. Paul. So the they, they CEO of be. TVNZ would have been well aware of that.
3: So he why would have they to have approved it. it, right? Absolutely has to have been. You was that Simon
0: that was? Power Simon at the time? Simon
3: Power, exactly.
0: Okay, oh. so he knew that. So. That's corrupt. Oh. So he's corrupt, right? He was corrupt. You've we, got to we're say dealing
2: that. with. I mean, we're we're dealing with corruption on a massive scale. The
0: journalists—they must he, have all known that they were being put up to this. This was not a genuine, independent journalistic effort.
3: Little ceremony
2: on ta- Campbell. You're saying that like yeah. they would care? I mean, what indication have well, you no, had in the last ten years that they, they care don't about care. truth?
0: I don't care if they don't care, care, but they need to be called out because I know John Campbell very well, and he trades on his. He's so sanctimonious. His journalism credentials.
2: Now, if you go and
0: do this, you don't have any.
2: But New Zealanders need to really think long and hard about the fact that our tax dollars are used in this way to deceive us. You know, if there was ever a time to protest taxation without representation, well... we already had it with the COVID nightmare, you know, culminating in the protests and good on us. But this level of using taxation to deliver nothing but propaganda to the very people who pay for it, it's just truly vile. It's vile. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're delivering the propaganda for what outcome? And the outcome is usually because they need they need you to support whatever they're doing. So they can take more money off you, I yeah. mean they say that they're concerned about the the, the households struggling to make ends meet well <laughs> oh that're concerned right because you're not struggling enough if if you go and support labor at this current election um because i know i am absolutely positive that you will find that under three waters your costs will quadruple, and if you if we carry on down this path with Black Rock, you can expect your power prices to also quadruple. And those few things alone, those couple of things, um, are just going to virtually cripple households, in my opinion. They just can't afford anything any further huge cost imp- impositions upon what they've got now. And as Mayor, I had a, a bit of a phrase which they always used to mimic me on. They knew what was coming because all I had to say was it's all about the Money, honey.
2: Mm. Totally about the money.
1: Back to the money. But that's t- why,
2: that's why we, we, we always end up argue, arguing about these things on a level of concrete reality where there's a principle that's been betrayed again and again and again. And that principle is that these things get government funding at all. I mean, even a dollar is too much. They should stand or fall on the free market of being a media company,
3: and that's it. Just to continue my 100% streak of mentioning dirty politics in every political panel, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki Hager wrote a book that accused me of taking cash for content. Now, I never took any cash. It was completely false accusation. But all of these sanctimonious blowhards in the mainstream media, like David Fisher and John Campbell, who tut tutted and you know, wrung their hands and clutched their pearl necklaces about the fact that this naughty Cameron Slater was doing things with, you know, politicians and controlling media. And he wrote a whole book that was about cash for content. Where is he on this? Where's David Fisher on this? Where's sanctimonious little John Campbell? Well, he's there um, fronting it. He is a shill for the government. And, you know, Paul's absolutely right. Um, that little toe rag likes to trade on the basis that he's this upstanding, honest journalist, when in actual fact he's just a shabby little chancer.
0: The, the other thing, though, too, isn't it, and just speaking to the effect we, it has.
1: Can, we play, can okay, we play the ball?
0: Wait on, Sandra, I just want to just mention this, see what you think, is that, um, yeah, it 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 persuades people to go along with things. But what it also does is it, it that sort of propaganda is also useful as a tool to persuade people to the level where they shut down anyone who has another idea? Well, you're not dealing. You're not. You're not, they're not they're
1: dealing Don't dealing even with open the door for anyone else. So you know,
0: idea. we might have the most rational argument for not doing this or following yeah. that, but hey, you know, the propaganda's been too powerful for the for the normies, and and they're automatically going to say, "Oh yeah, you're just a." tinfoil hat idiot, because you, John Campbell, hasn't said your thing's good, you know?
2: Well, it's dumbing down any debate about other ideas. Is that your point, Paul?
0: Well, that's what happened during COVID. Anyone who had another idea was perceived to be an idiot. Whoops, i just because... frozen. Oh, am I here?
3: No, you're all here.
0: Okay, okay. Um, that's we saw that during COVID, in my assessment, um, that anyone who that's had that... anything to say, and, and Sandra, you've got experience of this, um, because there was a narrative, people bought into it. Anyone who had a different view, even if it was correct, was seen as a loony.
1: Because they already had a game plan. Yeah. They were, they were working They'd been persuaded it. already. That's right. And so for me, it was about doing my own homework and making a decision for myself. And I was very careful about how I went about, about that because as I have explained to Cam, um, the next step is that if you... Try and state why you did something. Then they'll try that. Then they'll just turn it on, turn it around, and say that you're trying to persuade others to go down that path, and so you're denying them their ability to choose for themselves. That other people to do their own homework. Well, so should they? I mean, they've they've got this game plan that they're pushing, and um, and and there's actually nothing that much that people can do about it. And it's the same with this propaganda. They're pushing all of this propaganda onto us around climate change. And how do you fight back? And you fight back by um, just all of – by doing what you're you're doing right now, which is having this reality check radio um, and presenting as much as you can to the wider population. Mm. Because there are no other platforms out there, not when you realise that stuff in Google are completely – in league with, or or in partnership, I should say, and with Facebook. the government, can't change
3: it. Yeah, and Facebook and the Herald. There's a reason why the Herald and hasn't said anything. There's a reason why News Hub hasn't said anything. Because,
2: because they're, all they're
3: all dirty. They're all in on it. They yeah. will have got money too. And, and what and other and
0: issues do you think have been propagandised? There must have been COVID. It must be one of them. got to be.
3: Well, there's just millions and millions of dollars. I mean... You, look, if you're driving around in your car and you and you're a, a bit of a traitor to reality check radio and you're listening to something else, you listen to the ads that are bombarding you from those radio stations, even the music stations, and it's all about going and getting a, a new vaccination. It's all government health or, or government organizations
0: but keeping them alive.
3: Keeping them alive with these with millions and millions of dollars worth of advertising. And it, it just, it's just relentless and nobody does anything about it, you know, other than switch <coughs> if, if off and listen look, to us.
1: If you look at the list of sponsors for a number of these different organisations and there's a, a media platform for um, information and advice or something like that. And I think um, Pfizer is one of the sponsors of that and, and yeah. a few of those other companies that seem to crop up. Fairly regularly, so I, I was quite interested to see that that was the basis of where um, the journalists actually got some of their advice from was this particular website, and that was a sponsor. So, you, you if you look at a number of these different, to go into the background a bit, you can start to see some of the linkages. And All right,
0: are we done on are we done on that one? Yeah, yeah, I
1: think
3: so. We could we could get very angry well, if we carry so on. Well, on,
1: on. if you've got the government is doing this and you've got stuff and Google and all of that, Um, how can you, what can you do about that at a parliamentary level?
0: Well, you can close TVNZ, you can close Radio New Zealand. Sell them off. Country would, well, they're not worth anything, actually, so the country wouldn't miss that.
2: But you'd you'd need to be firm in a principle of why that's wrong of why that doesn't benefit a country because everything, I'm, I'm just so tired of debates sitting around the concrete boundness of everything rather than the principle, which are the ideas that flow into a million. When it's a threat concrete...
0: to national security, they've got to go. <laughs> the
2: principle but, uh, is but, freedom. But you, well, the principle, yes, it is freedom, but I mean, more specific than that, this is why you need philosophers that can think remember politics is only a branch of philosophy And philosophy deals with the right and wrong of things. And going back to the 20th century, I remember Ayn Rand made a massive big deal. She wrote many, many, many um, articles about that the next great leap forward in civilization would be when we understood the principle of separating. Like we had the separation of church and state. We need the separation of state and economics. Um, that you know the government's sole function is to protect the individual's right to think to produce to trade, and to pursue our own life and our own happiness, and by outlawing the initiation the initiation of physical force amongst men, um, capitalism now is not capitalism because it's so meddled with by every state i mean New Zealand is just one of one of many many that all meddle in the market. Um, and that you've got this unstable mix of freedom with tens of thousands of government controls, um, and you just go from economic crisis to economic crisis. Well, shutting them ride- down
0: then perfectly fits with that.
2: <laughs> well, media companies, media <laughs> yeah, companies right. should indeed be subject to the forces of the free market. I mean, all companies. Well, they shouldn't
0: should. be owned by governments. That's the thing. Is you know,
2: no, right. but se- the separation of economics and state would solve. Yeah. All these problems and put government back in its place to be there yeah, to serve and secure our individual rights. It wouldn't rights.
1: solve it. It wouldn't solve it. Part part. Of what you still need the media. I think it's if with a small country like New Zealand, I still think um, you do need the media. Um, I think you need to have some controls in the media, but I think there needs to be some rules about about when they're bringing information to the public and there must be more empirical data that means absolute evidence rather than this well potentially or could possibly so um i remember hearing the parliamentary commissioner for the environment talking about um 70% of the rivers in the south island or being potentially degraded now they yeah, what or does that word. mean what does it mean it means that well that means they they don't know they're just pulling a, a generalisation out of the hat, and then and then trying to persuade the listeners that they're the they're the font of all knowledge, and potentially they're all degraded, and and it it just it just such a load of rubbish. But that's why empirical data is really important. Um, one of the things why we need to have the government connected to media and to have local government connected to media is for that whole. Um, civil defence emergency scenario. You've well, you can just take it over. Me.
0: You can just say, okay, it's emergency. Sorry, we're taking it over for the next X amount, you know.
2: That's a little Nine. bit like straining out a net to swallow a camel, though, Sandra, forgive me for saying so. Sure. Um, you know, if you if you need connection between government and uh, media, fine, you can make provision for it. But as a principle, what we're now dealing with is that the government completely controls... The media, and then we wonder why all we have is monopolies and propaganda.
1: And and I don't disagree with a greater separation, but um, then it needs to be. I, I think there just needs to be more um, independence around how they do function together, and whether there is a role for the ombudsman's office, the auditor general's office, um, some more independent body. But New Zealand's so small that the degrees of separation are so small, and and it's it's hard to actually uh, avoid the suspicion of collusion.
0: And revolving doors, right? Well, that's
2: that's why it needs to be boiled down to a principle. You can start with a principle and then you can work from there. But what we're trying to do is, Everyone's trying to muddle around and, and scrabble around, dealing lurching from one concrete idea to another concrete-bound idea, rather than reverting to a principle which is actually hmm, how should this work? I mean, remember when you're dealing with principles, you actually can use the word should. Okay, it's the right place for it. All right,
0: mm-hmm. now who wants to um, start off on uh, the now ex-act candidates and why they? Are no longer there and what that says about that party. Who wants to start on that?
2: Well, I'll give it a shot. Um, well, I mean, everybody knows, <laughs> don't they, that, you know, David Seymour won't tolerate any candidate that, um, well, he any candidate that didn't particularly like the Vaxes, probably in his bad books, but let alone one that makes allusions to um, the Second World War. Don't mention the war, we all made David everyone Seymour.
0: made comparisons to that. everyone was making comparisons to that. Yeah, just and, say
2: and given that that was only eighty years ago and was the the great horror of the last millennium, we should make references to it. you know it would be' we'd be mugs to ignore it, but um you know it shows me how radically unpatriotic the National Act Alliance is, and David Seymour in particular, although I, Luxon would be in the same boat. But we had... Very wet you know, boat. We A very wet boat. We had one single source of truth in media. We had vaccine mandates of an experimental gene therapy. We had job losses for the non-compliant. We had the bribing of children with candy floss and KFC to get vaxxed. Whether Two
3: classes of citizens?
2: Two classes of citizens, uh, yeah, outright apartheid, we had outright vacant. coercion. Um, we had the active and government sanctioned contempt toward those who refused, like you, Sandra. I remember the contempt level at you was horrific in media. Um, we had business closures and uh, due to lockdowns and the corporate and government alliance, known uh, a.k.a. Public Private Partnerships fuelled the whole thing. Um, The parallels to fascism were and are very real. Um, To call it out as soon as it came up is the right thing to do because if unchecked, these things do end in mass murder.
3: (coughs) Where they go. I discussed this with Ezra Levant yesterday afternoon on my show. It's precisely that. We were talking about how Western nations essentially embarked on a facsimile of the some of the excesses of fascism, including the denigration of their own citizens, the othering of particular parts of society, making them wear badges in the form of you know um, vaccine passes and those sorts of things, the hallmarks were all there, and we what shocked me the most about all of the last few years. Is just how quickly we descended into totalitarianism and didn't we take were, long,
0: did it? We it were swift.
3: only a cigarette paper th- thinness away from going full on into that.
0: Are and, there any tactical reasons, though, and the political heads here can weigh in on this for um, Seymour and Act to dropkick to the <laughs> to the sidelines? Those, you
3: know, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's really simple. It's, there must it, be
0: some reasoning for it.
3: Yeah, there is reasoning it's it's the advent of mmp politics for the last 30 years which mean and the growth of the you know the tyranny of these small minorities who are outraged over the latest thing i mean it's like the fuss over david seymour saying that he had sent guy fawkes in to sort out a particular ministry and he's called a racist and all sorts of other things like that Right, but it was a joke. But it was a, it was a stupid joke because Guy Fawkes didn't blow anything up, and he ended up being executed. So, in a horrific you know, way, yeah, <laughs> hung, drawn, and quartered. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, <laughs> not but, nice.
3: But it was it it was a facetious comment that that it showed that he actually hadn't thought it through, right? Because Guy Fawkes didn't succeed. So what David Seymour was saying is uh, he'll come in and fix that ministry in the same way that Guy Fawkes fixed Parliament. In other words, he didn't. So it, it was it was silly, but it was made worse by the pearl-clutching, you know, these these millennial people that are now in the press gallery who who haven't got a knowledge of anything other than, you know, not, not even the Simpsons, even. They're, they're, they're that young. They don't even know what they are. And they're sitting there going, this is terrible what he said. He said he was going to blow it up. It's just a joke. So what happens is these politicians – Particularly, the leaders become risk averse to any sort of outrage, um, the, but they're quite prepared to ignore vast uh, numbers and that are the silent majority out there and insult them, like Christopher Luxon did when he said, was saying that, "Oh no, we're not going to entertain what Winston's talking about with um, women's bathrooms and the trans argument. No, we're not going to do that." And he just told every uh, you know well, real war, real woman in New Zealand. Uh, he didn't care about them. He only cared about these trans Fruit Loops that are are out there trying to access bathrooms, and it's just not an issue. But he made it into an issue because of ignoring the the uh, the you know the vast majority. Seymour's doing exactly the same thing. Oh, someone mentioned the Holocaust. Right, well, they're gone. Yeah, it, it, that was it. It's just they just shut it down. No, they're gone. But you know? are they yeah. bleeding?
0: Are they bleeding to NZ first? Because what had occurred to me is. If yeah. if, you, if you want to stop the, the hemorrhaging potentially to New Zealand First, you have to make anyone who is in the New Zealand First zone look like a tinfoil hat wacko. And oh, that's kind of a way of stemming potential bleeding. That's That kind of occurred to me. I don't know if that's right or, or what.
3: I think you're right, Paul. I think they are bleeding support to New Zealand First because... Winston's actually saying the things that a, a great many New Zealanders are sitting there thinking, oh, I've had enough of this rubbish. Mm. I, I don't want to hear that. And here's some guy who's saying, I've had enough of this rubbish. you know. And, and Seymour, you look at all his actions in the last month have all been against New Zealand First. We've had his billboards, uh, the billboard mm. attacks. They worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, but they're all ham-fisted because it just shows the level of sophistication, i.e. none that David Seymour has around politics. And that's the problem that the ACT Party has always had. They've tried to be too cute on this or smarter than the average bear on that, and it just misses the mark all the and time. And there's the guy but who... i,
0: ma- well, I know, I'll just um, mentioned this, and then, Sandra, it'd be great to get y- your view. Um, there was also the guy who mentioned, you know, the drownings, and it could be associated with vax injuries is what I picked up. Well, that we were all saying that too, by the way. Yeah. Of course, you would say that. It's sensible. But he got on his knees and grovel like a little baby.
3: It never works.
0: Which is very humiliating. Yeah, you never apologise. So, Sandra, from your insight into that, what is driving – what's the chain of command there? What's being said to those people? And why would he be so brutal with that candidate just to kick him out like that?
1: Well, I think there I think – Said it, the leaders are being risk averse. But what really concerns me is the degeneration of behaviours and respect for people within their own party. And so you get a leader that suddenly is confronted with um, party representatives that have a different point of view. And how do they treat them? Well, they treat them really badly. It's a bit like a, a, a slightly micro version of what the government's doing to its population, where they treat them badly if they don't conform. And so um, when this happened um, previously with National, I felt that they should have had a way in which they could have a different point of view, but still have that collective response. And I, rem- I mean, I've been a part of a parliament term, three terms there, that's, uh, that's nine years. And we always had different points of view, but there was a collective response. Uh, in spite of that difference of point of view. And there were some times there where people were were very aggrieved by how strongly they felt, but still the party carried on with that same point majority point of view, uh, regardless. But they didn't treat that person with any less respect. And I think that's what's happening here. I I am surprised, I think that um Act and David Seymour have done okay up until this particular election round, and then he starts getting into personal attacks and denigrating somebody. Um, And In this case, it's Winston Peters. Well, Winston Peters is only gaining from this. I I tell you, I think people are underestimating the vote that Winston's going to get as a consequence.
2: And also, I mean, you know... Remember, we we started this on the fact that it was the candidates that he got rid of because their illusions over the vaccine to the world, second world war. Now we're looking at the clear excess mortality stats rising and um, rising, and many Jews around the world actually saw what was happening and got very nervous. And Seymour trying to pass this because this is what he tried to do um, as getting rid of candidates because their comments are offensive to the Jewish community. I mean that's just weasel words. A lot of the Jewish community were actually horrified at what they they saw happening because they knew that the parallels were in place. So um and also people are sick of nas- not you know they don't like they can misfire when they bandy about Nazi references as willy nilly, right? And and they did that when Trump wanted to build the wall and um, between America and Mexico and wanted to ban um, immigration from Muslim countries. Remember that um, Trump Trump was called a Nazi and a fascist and worse than Nazi Hitler and Mao uh, all put together. Remember those funny comments that came out. So they misused. World War II references when it came to Trump. Um, And that's what the left do. But this was actually something that did give us an ominous parallel and should have been, he should have tolerated people within his own party making those parallels because we're living in reality and they were very ugly parallels. Well,
0: doesn't that tell us that the guy is actually not fit for any sort of leadership of a country at all?
2: Who David but, Seymour? Yeah, well, because actions well, like that rule you out, don't they? Yeah. Actually, well, I could have told you that years ago. Yeah, he's, gonna...
1: be, he's been in there for quite a while now, and he should have learned. But it's it's almost like he's he's sort of taken his eye off the road. He he's driving along, right. and he's taken his eye off the road, and and he isn't focusing on what what is the right path to take, in my view. And I think he's gone down a rabbit hole.
3: Has
0: he got donor pressure? Yeah, big time.
2: Yeah doctors, right? Epsom doctors for oh, some.
3: No, he's got bigger ones than that. I, I was talking to a mate of mine and uh, he'd had um, coffee with some guys and, you know, probably collectively worth about um, half a billion. And uh, they've donated money to the ACT party and the national party. And they were all saying no more. They're not giving any more money to, all, to any of those two parties. And they're all going to go and support New Zealand first. Wow. Right. Uh, these are big money people, right? they the the names of some of those people are well-known, wow. and they're big okay. money people, and they're saying nah, they're not giving them so, anymore. So
0: his response is public sort of kind of behaviour. Is that being influenced by what you're just talking, the dynamics of that?
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah. He's under totally. pressure. He's under pressure. He's under pressure from his donors. He's under pressure for, um, to perform, and he knows that Winston Peters is taking his vote.
1: So cuz the fundamental point about all of this is he's playing the person. He's not playing the ball. He's not he's not focusing on the ball and when you start to do that, it, even even not getting down into the minutiae, people know that. They know that that someone's starting to attack somebody else and they don't like it. No. And so they don't see that as as good quality in a leader. They don't see that as good quality in politics. They don't, they don't want to support people that are going Chile, to tell you,
0: They don't like people. it in the media, too, because if any of us do anything that even smacks of that, boy, people don't like it.
1: Yeah. No, they don't. They hate and, it. And not when people are being honest about what they're doing. And so, yeah, I think, I think Winston Peters is going to gain big time. And he's, he's, he's on the button of the 5% threshold. You've got 12 parties at the last election that were under that 5% threshold and um, New Zealand first was the highest, but all the rest were at 1.5 or less. That's Mm. 11 of those parties were at 1.5% or less, and people are voting for those parties, and then all of their votes are there being reallocated so that at the last election, Labor got five seats and National got three. And I don't. I don't. A lot of people don't realise that.
0: Okay, so so wait on. Let's just break down what you're saying there because I'm a bit slow sometimes. So you vote for a small party that's never going to have a chance. You might as well just give your vote to one of those two options anyway.
3: Dead right. That's right. So you can pretty much.
0: You might think you're doing. You're on the right side of everything, but in the end,
1: (laughs) there are 17 registered political parties right now, and and of those. There would be at least 11 that will be lucky to get anywhere near the 2%. But um, I haven't put uh, New Zealand First into that because I think they'll get over the 5%. I think um, people are taking too much for granted about the surge in in their popularity.
0: So what you're saying is that people need to be really conscious of the fact that if their preference is not going to get anywhere, and I think Cam has That's described right. that as, as kind of the hopium yep. syndrome, that at some point in time you either be prepared to give up your vote to someone you don't want at all or you need to flip it to the next, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, worst option you can think of. but is The, at least, or, the,
2: the least
0: worst. The least worst. Option. The least worst. So at least, and, and that, yeah, okay, I got it, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so if, if for argument's sake, um, the legalised cannabis party once again garners about fifteen hundred votes, those fifteen hundred votes um, will be reallocated between Labor, National, uh, ACT, and it'll be whoever else gets over the five percent. Yeah,
3: whoever gets yeah. else gets over the five percent, they get a bonus. at fifteen hundred votes to the to the wacky weed party, um, all of those votes get reallocated on a proportional basis to the ones that cross the threshold.
0: But if you vote for one that does cross the threshold, even if they just scrape in, then that it is not, allo- it's not allocated yep. then. It counts, no. right? It counts. Right. Yep. Well,
1: any that, any that scrape in, they're about yep. the 5% threshold. Yep. But anything that looks like about about 2%, they aren't going to make it. So if you vote for a 2% party, your vote's going to get reallocated
3: to the Labour Party. Yeah or the and Greens. And others. And yep. others. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's that. that's why
3: people have to be very, very careful of how they vote with their party vote. Your electoral vote, do whatever you want. It it's irrelevant. Largely irrelevant.
1: So, so Paul and Olivia, do you know how many how many of these votes there were at the last election? Was
0: it a Four hundred thousand? Yeah, how many?
1: Two hundred thousand, Olivia. Oh, no, we haven't got that many people. Um, <laughs> it was now two hundred and I thought it was in the two hundred K
0: ballpark. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Seven point nine percent. So if that flipped to the 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 next worst or, or the best worst option, that could be a significant block. Yeah. Of votes that that go in the mix that can really change things.
3: Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah.
1: I think that as this information is getting out there, and it is, um, you know, I'm getting some interesting feedback. But um, uh, I think that's going to start making people rethink how they how they put their protest vote in place, if you like, if you want to call it a protest vote, <clears> voting <throat> for any of these minor parties. I mean, that's yeah, and, and that's why I think that. Um, New Zealand First is going to be the one that gains out of that as people understand the reallocation.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right that once they understand, because I know as a person that has voted in the past for minor parties, um, you do it on conscience. It's a conscience vote, and never has that been such a big thing as it is in this election. The conscience vote, especially amongst the freedom movement.
3: Mm. But you have to deal with reality, and that's what I've been saying. That if you want to get rid of this regime that we've got in charge now and get rid of them, there are only three parties that you can vote for that will do that. And those are national, act, and New Zealand First. They're only three. Right? Nothing yeah. else is going to get over that. that. If you want to get rid of the current government, and, and I include the Maori Party in as part of because they're fellow travelers, they're Marxists. Uh, if you include them with the Greens and Labor, if you want to get rid of those three from having any say in the future of this country for, for the next three years, then you can only vote for National Act in New Zealand or New Zealand First. That's it. Well, all the of other, course. Bu- all the other minor parties are never going to get there.
2: No, I I agree with you, Cam. That they're not going to get there, and I think that's clear. Um, the trouble is is that I know, the talk amongst the freedom movement very much is, well, we might get rid of this regime, but we'll end up with something else that's not much different.
3: Well, then why don't you just give up and not even have these little parties and just but, go away, right? Because and that's, that's
2: the nature of the bureaucracy.
1: You've got to; it's a constant battle, and so you have to conf- constantly be in the in the game to fight it. And so the reason I put this piece together around the giveaway vote is because I believe this particular election is an incredibly critical for New Zealand and so we might not get the perfect outcome because nothing is ever going to be the perfect outcome but anything um well not anything but it's certainly getting getting rid of the current Labor Greens and Maori party is the direction we should be going in if we want to rescue New Zealand from the malaise it's, it's heading towards. Um, I have serious concerns about the future direction of New Zealand if we have the current regime in, in power. Mm. Oh
3: well, the, that, yeah. the thing is with the with the minor parties, the, the very minor parties, is that um, the, they think that they're, they're doing good and they're doing it for this election and what they forget is that politics is a longitudinal type uh arrangement right it's 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 not just for three years it's not even for three terms if you want to be involved in politics and have a lasting make a lasting difference and into uh, affect real change you have to be in this for 30 40 50 years and that so that means you have to build an organization with so it like with Winston. Longevity. <laughs> yeah with longevity i mean you look at it <laughs> Winston Peters is. It would be
0: about that, wouldn't it?
3: It is. It's thirty years. He celebrated thirty years. He's in a first
0: and fifty in the business.
3: The ACT Party's the same. They're thirty years, right? To be there, the Green Party has been uh, been around since the Values Party for forty or fifty years. Right, they were party for hundred years. The National Party. There's a big difference between values of
0: then and Greens now.
2: But I mean, eventually, eventually, a new party has to start somewhere. And Cam, you've got to admit that yes. even Winston Peters has been benefited by the pullback of the rhetoric coming more toward the right wing again. Yes. Because of the minor parties that are in play, and absolutely. he has to court those votes. So Correct. it's. A good, thing um i just it's a good thing that they're there and they're saying what they're going to say i just don't think Absolutely. they're going to win and never forget that once upon a time there was no republican party in america that was the 1860 election that abraham lincoln ran for you know on on the ticket it's the first time as the republican party before that they were all Whigs, and the Whig, um the Whig. uh party had been there for hundreds of years and it got wiped out and has never, ever come back.
3: Well, the people forget you know, all the, the true blue, you know, um, Blue Rinse Brigade um, national supporters who, who think that Christopher Luxon's the new Jesus, right? They all forget. Really? People yeah. think that. Yeah, oh. they, they, they do. But they forget that. But that oh, Jesus to, had hair. Yeah. Prior to 1936, there was no national party. Right, they were, they, the National yeah, that's Party that's yeah, they've been around long, yeah, hmm. yeah. So they've been around eighty-seven years now. They were formed out of the United and the Reform Coalition parties back in the day, but they've been around for eighty-seven years. But people forget; they think the National Party's always been around. It hasn't. Well,
1: I think they might have forgotten their original principles as well.
3: I think if, um, communism. And, and, I, I don't even think they have no them on no no. Anymore, I, I wouldn't Sandra. go that
1: far, Olivia. But they just do need to get back to their original principles. I think, and and um, they aren't far removed from I think where most people would like to see them. But um, can I can I just say that the, one of the biggest concerns and issues for me is the whole freedom of speech thing. It mm-hmm. is that whole collusion with the media and the control of what's coming out through the media. It is that whole control of people being able to speak freely to write freely uh, and to communicate freely regardless of the media the, the type of forum that they they might choose to use for that and this is where you guys come in um i think that's the single biggest issue that we face because if we have that ability to communicate freely then we've got the ability to communicate the ideas and <laughs> share the actual data um and so that's why I believe that for this election, that's the one thing that we should probably pursue above all others.
2: Well, yep. uh, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've worked on the principle and written on the principle for the last fifteen years that freedom of yep. speech is the yep. most important principle, um, only to find in twenty twenty actually bodily autonomy became. They not only violated our speech. They violated our bodily autonomy. I didn't actually think that it could. Don't worse, mention the war, though, Olivia. Don't mention it, <laughs> <the wall>, please. <laughs> well, doctor one, doctor um, in, in line with that
1: and the mRNA vaccine, mm. you do know that they're putting. They've got they've got approval for three mRNA production facilities in New Zealand, lab production of facilities. They're
0: going into every country, it seems.
1: Is that to go into cattle, Sandra? Is Australia, that... Australia has some. Um, is also the same as New Zealand and, and putting these things in place. Um, I've heard that. I have made some inquiries, but I haven't been able to find anything substantive yet. I, th- I thought it was meant to be in in um, America, um, but look, I, I couldn't tell you. And I like to see actual categorical evidence. So when I see when I hear something, I then try and get the actual proof um, of of its existence
2: or.
0: Well, these yeah. days you've got to assume that the worst is probably gonna be the case and work back from there because that's how it's <laughs>
2: been
0: running up till now. Well, I okay. mean it's
2: been a it's been a really strange um aspect of New Zealand that they've got this naive pride in trusting their benevolent government, as opposed to say Americans that their pride was in fighting a government because of the way they were founded. New Zealand had that sort of innocence. Oh, we've got nice governments; they'd never do anything to harm us. And then, bang, twenty twenty came. Um, and of course, many st- people still believe that they wouldn't do anything to harm us, and that's naivety of a on a degree that walking I can't around keep...
0: with blood pressure through the roof and uh, yeah. I mean, so this is
2: foreign global influences running globalist.
0: Mm.
2: You know, like okay, calling okay to- we
0: got um, a few more minutes left. Anything else that we we, you, Olivia, you need to tell us what you made of the um, the Fox News debate yesterday with the presidential candidates. Missing oh, though, the big boy. Though, okay. was Give me a little
2: Do I have to be quick or can I linger? Well, you've got
0: a few minutes, but we have to be mindful of the time.
2: All right. Also, well, as one of my daughters would say, that was out the gate, down the road and in the paddock. Um, the destination paddock was contentious and fiery with lots of arguments and loud disagreements, as debates should be. Um, at one point, the very mild-mannered Brat Bear had to turn his chair around, face the audience and ask them to stop booing or cheering so much as it chewed up.
0: Who were they booing, for, booing they,
2: at? Oh, they were – well – Mike Pence got a few boos, and lots of boos came up when they talked about the Ukraine. Um, Vivek Vivek Ramaswamy took the most excellent stands on climate change, which he called a total hoax, only to be interrupted by Jersey boy Chris Christie, who broke in with, hold on, I've already um, had enough of tonight of a guy who sounds like chat GPT. That's what he said to Vivek. Oh, no.
0: he'd been working on that line for a while, no doubt. Yeah,
2: he had. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit right. I mean, you know, Vivek um, can sound extremely polished to the to the point that you wonder if he's for real. But oh,
0: that's quite impressive as well.
2: It is impressive, and let's not be too cynical at this stage. But uh, Christy continued and said, the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what is, what's a skinny guy with an odd name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same same type of amateur that was Christie on Vivek again, so it was quite insulting. Um, it's just a relief to me that uh, the free run of ideas and debate is, again, dominant, and it's one of the great blessings of primary season. Um, and But, of course, Trump was the unseen elephant in the room, and um, much of the talk was in reference to him, I know Cam will chime in on that in a minute with regards to Trump. Well, Christie
0: had a good go and so did Pence, right?
2: Yeah. Um to me the winner of the debate was definitely definitely Vivek.
0: Oh, I didn't um, I wasn't saying those two were the winners, but they were had a go at Trump, I noticed.
2: Yeah. Um, who uh look, I mean Vivek had very heated exchanges with Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and Nikki Haley, especially over the war in Ukraine. Neocons still obviously dominate the candidates for the Republican ticket, which is a shame.
0: Actually, um, sorry to interrupt, but that Ukraine, Chris Christie, when he started going on about Russians going into houses, that was bizarre. Um, and raping the women and stealing well, the children. Well, that was his and,
2: take on when he went over there, but he's kind of manufacturing every rumor. It just
0: seemed completely over the top.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, war is ugly. War unleashes the, the dogs and of barbarism. I mentioned the
0: 400,000 Ukrainian men who are No, dead, no other media
1: has come out and actually given any information around along the lines of what Chris Christie was saying, so... Yeah. well i
2: mean i've heard that kind of stuff rumored like he it's exactly what they said in world war one um that belgians were apparently doing is gouging out german soldiers eyes and i mean they're classic war rumors um that are and the raping of women we know that sort of thing does go on but um no but it's no so Belgian.
0: shameless i guess it's, getting it's so back shameless. Shameless. Right.
1: Do you th- Olivia do you think they should have had an off button for the com the moderators
2: uh, no, I don't. For the moderators, you I mean turning them off?
1: No, no, turning the speakers off when they started all talking across each no, other. No,
2: I love it. I mean, we've been so starved of decent debate. I mean, I can't stand everything being overly civil. That's what uh, pisses me off in previous debates. Like, you know, in the last people, – people go, oh, we don't like Trump's lack of civility in his tone. It's like, well, stuff that. No, I like These the brutality. Ideas,
3: yeah. yeah.
2: They're 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 they big big be in jail. Um, important <laughs> issues that should be shouted about um, and up. argued about. So no, I don't I don't think they should take the hit and off button. But um,
0: Rosie McDonald, that was a classic. Uh,
2: only Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, that was. Let's just was put brilliant. this
3: into. Let's just put this into perspective, right? We've talked about. For I haven't finished my blurb
2: yet, but oh well.
3: Oh well, I'll just put a full stop at the end of that. Period. Theory. Here we go, right? Just to give you an idea. Another gate through. down the
0: road into the paddock.
3: <laughs> yeah. So in, in 2015, Fox had a debate that had Trump in it and it set a record 24 million viewers in 2015. It was in the first uh, GOP primary debate. Cable 20, TV. In 2015. Yet, yeah, cable TV. In 2016, Trump skipped one of the debates and their audience was only 12.5 million, right? So. Currently, Fox's uh, viewership has dropped through the floor, and their primetime nightly viewership is around two point two million. Right, so we've got numbers going from two point two million to uh, the twenty fifteen of twenty four million viewers watching, potentially watching the GOP primary debate. Right, and Get now ready. reality, and goes. then, and then reality hits Tucker Carlson as an interview with trump it was aired at exactly the same time as the uh as the g o p debate and it had it was at one point running at something like two hundred thousand views a minute yeah and uh you know late on uh Late on Thursday evening, it had exceeded 105 million views. God, that's just astounding. Right? Isn't so, it? Go, so, Tucker. So, what we're seeing here is a degradation of the impact of
0: a neutering.
3: Yeah, yeah a neutering and emasculating of traditional media. Yeah. Where uh, Elon Musk is turning X into a multimedia empire that has got far more eyeballs for these politicians and people who are influencers and in that to actually get than they could possibly using one of the old traditional networks. Yeah, it's, incredible. it's astounding. And, and if <laughs> Trump don't keeps doing this, uh, all the others are just going to fall by the wayside because he's now bypassing, the media filters. He's now bypassing the bias. He's bypassing the editors and he's speaking directly to people. Well,
0: he did that in 2016 as well, didn't
2: he? Well, remember how on the election night when they shut down Trump's Twitter feed before he could, you know, allege that anything had been stolen on that note, stolen elections, the biggest loser of the debate, in my opinion, was Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, God, he's awful. He's truly quite was awful. Was the
0: old, Was he the older chap with the grey hair?
2: Yeah, but he's. Oh
0: no, the the, the moustache guy. No, no, no. That. um
2: yeah, no. I
0: won't, won't try and
2: get. He's the right. great silverhead guy, but uh, he made a lot of noise about moving on into the future in reference to Trump and the lawfare being deployed against Trump as we speak. Um, I consider that to be. Utterly evil. I mean, America is not America and never will be again until the 2020 election fraud is properly litigated, scrutinized and justice served. You know, to want to move on from that as if uh, as if it's a nothing burger and as if nothing had happened in that space is just disgraceful. And we should all be deeply suspicious of a wannabe political leader who uses that kind of rhetoric, that moving on, let's just move on language. I mean, you can't move on from that. I can't. Um hmm. you, you can't have election an, an election stolen with industrial level fraud and just pretend it didn't happen um one of the things that I noticed when the the other thing I noticed was um NATO and Ukraine came up often, and nobody mentions NATO and Afghanistan anymore. I wonder why the great failure of nato um war and Diplomacy and blood and treasure after 20 years is just incredible in Afghanistan. So that the NATO brand is not more tarnished after that in open debate, I mean, um, is incredulous to me, um, as incredulous as, as China not being so tarnished after the Wuhan virus and what it did to the world. So you I know, think if, the NATO
1: brand is tarnished, but uh, because it's almost disappeared into obscurity you don't hear anything about it, hardly at all. It only came out when when the Ukraine thing started happening and they were sort of negotiating positions, if you like. But, um, yeah, I, I, and, and it, so, so I just think it has been tarnished and it has been a global effect. Um, as far as the United Nations go, um, when, it, when Helen Clark went to the United Nations from New Zealand, I actually suggested it to my colleagues at the time, that we should secede from the United Nations. I think that would have been a step in the right direction.
2: Well, gosh, I wish someone had given you a bigger microphone for that one, Sandra.
1: (laughs) What a great idea. Well, I won't tell you what the comment was at the time. (laughs) No,
2: no, no betcha it wasn't favourable. One of the things I do find very off-putting about presidential candidates that like to make statements about their moment when they committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, their saviour, I don't want the American president to be a pastor-in-chief. You know, you want a commander-in-chief. And, of course, Mike Pence said that a couple of times. Um, Those, to me, are private matters of conscience Um, it's fine to wear one's faith on your sleeve if you want to but uh, to use it as a point of piety like mike pence does uh, it's a kind of revolting vanity that i find deeply sanctimonious but you know he really pushes that barrow and it doesn't go down well i mean people clap the christians in the crowd clap and good on them but um
3: i find that very odd people forget how deeply religious the united states is though in in New Zealanders who are largely agnostic, um, at best, uh, and atheist at worst, uh, doesn't it show?
1: Don't
3: don't realize just how deeply embedded into every aspect of life, religion is in the United States, and uh, they are uh, a society with huge religion. I can't even say the words religiosity.
0: Um, That's the one.
3: You know, uh, and. We we constantly fail to understand uh, things that are critical about the United States. We fail, fail to understand the, why the first two amendments exist in the Constitution, for example, because we sit here in New Zealand and think, well, why have they got all these guns? Why have they got you know got all these things? And they don't actually understand the, the interrelationship between all of those things. For
0: this, I had Naomi Wolf on, and she said, don't lose your guns.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah of course. Naomi Wolf. It's yeah. a terrible time to give up guns, a terrible I said, time.
0: it's too late for many of us.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well. It's all right. I've got, got, <laughs> I got, I got plenty. I've got plenty. have got a spare house. room. Sandra's probably got plenty too.
2: Well, good to know there's a bunker down there. and
3: <laughs> Yeah,
0: bold holes. Well, we've
1: got one place that's well off grid.
0: <laughs> okay, good Brilliant. to know. All right, but I, I think mean... we've, we're up against time. So last comments, please, if anyone has any.
1: Not really.
0: There?
2: Well, I mean, you know, given everything that Trump's up against, and I remember that um, I've just seen the mugshot of Rudy Giuliani and Eastman and the other guys. You know, for them with all this lawfare, they've had to go in, and Trump's going on going in tomorrow.
3: It's so it's so churlish, really. You know, from the. Bolton County Sheriff's Department. Oh, we're going to get mug shots of all yeah, these I know. people. Yeah. And there's the purple. They want the visual, too, they? don't they? It's so just badly. pathetic. But but it, but this is that gives us a nice little segue into Christopher Hipkins saying that he's going to go negative in in his campaigning.
0: What with it with his voice?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, this little schoolboy. I mean, this is the thing though. E-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e. Under the Ardern regime, we were told that everything was about kindness, right? And I do things differently. I never tell lies. That was a lie, obviously. Of course. But but there was this remaking because the Labour Party gathered a reputation under various leaders, um, starting with Helen Clark uh, and ending with Andrew Little, of being the nasty party. You know, personal slurs. Trevor Mallard was one of the worst offenders at it. And and it stuck to them and negative campaigning. I actually like negative campaigning because it's usually more truthful. Because if you're going to say something, but it never works. But 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 it backfires and you turn people off and it works even worse. You know, it's it's you get worse results if you're on the left wing as well. So if the Labour Party is going to go negative, uh, I mean the classic example here we go. Dirty politics again. I get the the the. uh, I get the Quinella on this one. That was a coordinated effort by the Labour Party and Nikki Hager. His book supported their slogan in that election in 2014 of vote positive. Without his book, vote positive meant nothing. So they were orchestrating this narrative that the National Party were evil and nasty and, and terrible, and that they were going to vote positive, we were going to deal with things positive. It was a completely negative campaign. And... David Cunliffe collapsed and they failed badly in that election campaign because they were seen to be negative by working together with Nikki Hager. And if Hopkins is going to go negative in this campaign, then he's going to wake up maybe challenging Bill English's record of 20.93%.
2: Well, that um, negative campaigning is far more interesting often like As you said, Cam, because it's um, often more truthful and authentic, but that primary debate you were referencing before with Trump and Hillary Clinton, mm. that was off the charts for Fox News, that was the one where he said, yeah, because you'll be in jail.
3: Mm. Lock her up. Lock her yeah. up, you see.
2: And, and, and um, that was a very successful use of negative campaigning. Yes. And in my view,
1: Nikki Hager should have been in jail because he was writing books that were influencing election outcomes. And if that isn't political campaigning, I don't know what is. And then the other thing that really gets me is the uh, protection of our SAS. No matter what they do, they should be protected at all costs. So I'm vehemently um, firm on that point of view in in regard to protecting and upholding and supporting our defence forces and particularly the SAS um, that you know that one really got up my goat, so I'm sorry, it can, but I've got a pretty big downer on Nikki
2: Hager. So do I. <laughs> oh, well, you two will be yeah. best friends for life. <laughs>
1: I, well, I I just think I mean I'm not going to attack the guy other than to say that that um his his books coming up to an election uh, smack very deeply of political collusion prior to an election to influence the outcome. And well, so, that's what the
0: government did with stuff and TVNZ. It's so the same pattern exactly. of play, really.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, they, look at, look. and they they sanctimoniously point the finger at everybody else. You know, that's the thing about the left. If they're accusing you of something, they're doing it. Projection,
2: absolutely. And I mean, so mild in comparison to what they're doing to Trump right now. I mean, they want to put him in jail. Looks like he might actually have to go for a while.
1: One one of the interesting mm-hmm. things about his court cases, though. Is this not going to be the biggest forum he will have exactly. to bring forward the issues around the election? Yeah,
2: I know, but they won't be litigate. That won't happen until after the election because they're all staggered. It's to take him the, out of play because it'll. It, oh, yeah, the Supreme, I
1: understand that.
2: Yeah, the Supreme Court actually can put a stop to this, and they and and all they need is one appeal to come up to them, and there is many in motion. Um. Uh, Especially to a motion to dismiss on First Amendment grounds because it's so obviously retaliatory. I mean, why didn't prosecutors bring this to trial three years ago for Trump? Because it's now he's running again. It's so clearly retaliatory. And also,
1: why didn't didn't they have Trump in the debates on Zoom? Well,
2: he didn't didn't want to to be in it. He didn't didn't want want to be in
1: in it. He didn't want to to be with those losers.
2: Yeah. And he he would have been out of place there. And look what
0: the numbers he got with Tucker. I mean, you
2: can see. But yeah, no, but true. also, I mean, it's not, it's not
0: just the First it,
2: Amendment. It's not just yeah. freedom of speech. They're, they're, they've arrested or, or indicted Rudy Giuliani, who was acting as Trump's lawyer. So that goes to the whole Sixth Amendment and your right to due process, your right to be represented. Um, and the Fourth Amendment, um, with you know search and seizure, with what happened to Trump at Mar-a-Lago. They're getting him on everything. But... You only need one of these things to pop up on appeal to the Supreme Court. They don't like to get involved because it looks meddlesome. Um, but the courts have been implicated and they might, um, be, because of all that lack of standing, where the courts wouldn't hear any of the cases on merits. I think the, personally, I think the Supreme Court has to actually involve itself in this because it's clear intellectual uh, election interference.
0: Yeah, it's very okay. clear. Okay, we've had a good uh, good chat here, folks. Thank you so much, Sandra, for coming on. I don't think it'll be the last time, i got a feeling. Might have passed the audition there.
3: Yeah, Olivia's got some competition for stroppiness yeah, now. I job.
2: <laughs> I'm not stroppy. What about you, Sandra? I bet you're not stroppy.
1: Uh, time for a drink.
0: <laughs> well, this time of the morning. Okay, all right um and uh so okay, olivia thank you. Sandra, thank you sandra thank you that has been great cam thank thanks, you paul. okay that's our political panel for this friday we'll I'll do it all again there, yeah. thank you we'll okay, do it okay. all again next friday have a great weekend guys thank okay, you Bobby,
1: thank you, you, see too.
0: you all best. thanks a lot rcr with paul brennan reality check Radio.